0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: I feel sad when my friends are going to go after each other, but it seems that Lyman needs to go after Tough Talking Jason Lloyd. That coming up in a moment. Folks, you can win Billy Joel and Rod Stewart tickets coming up at 9.20 this morning. Go see Billy Joel, the piano man, and Rod Stewart, who is very sexy, at 9.20 this morning, but you got to get the secret word. And then enter it at 923thefan.com. You got a problem with Jason Lloyd and what he wrote about the Cavs?
2: Yeah, I, very interesting. Jason Lloyd apparently went to the uh, went to the hoops game last night. He was in in oh, the barn, worked. Kenny. He was in he the worked. gym.
1: That's incredible.
2: And he tweets this out after the big win, the huge win. We all agreed, huge win. I mean, it got us to talking whether or not we should flip the switch. Uh, but a lot of people woke up this morning and they're like, nah,
1: yeah, okay. Fine. All right, I won't flip the switch. Whatever. Everybody wanted me to last night. I thought I was going to be forced to flip it, and here we are.
2: It's pretty split. Now, mind you, it is before the All-Star break. We haven't even gotten there yet. We don't even know what this team looks like with Mm. Darius Garland. I find it hard to believe they're going to go backwards. But this is what Jason Lloyd's column was that he posted moments ago. Quote, Evan Mobley is back for a Cavs team that looks far different than when he left. For the pairing of Mobley and Jared Allen to reach its full potential, it's time for Mobley to start shooting more threes. Hmm. Here's where I have an issue. Tell me more. I had this point of view early in the season. I was alarmed that Evan Mobley was not shooting more threes. And I wondered, how were we truly going to get better if they were going to be insistent on playing Jared Allen and Evan Mobley together? You are still going to run in, whether you have Max Drews, George Niang, Sam Merrill, you're still going to have issues because you don't have to guard Evan Mobley. It just makes life, especially when it comes to playoff defense, when they allow you to get more physical. It's not going to be as easy as Donovan Mitchell to just – You know, do his pirouette to the basket. You saw that last year. It's just not as easy. You Mm -hmm. can't. Playoff basketball is different. The floor shrinks. The spacing, even if you have shooters, it's so much tougher. Those passes are contested. You don't get them through the way. You saw this last year against the Knicks. Spacing was an issue. As much as I'd love to agree with Jason, and I even had this point of view three months ago, two months ago, He's not good enough at shooting threes right now. That's not in his game. I don't want him to just come down, jack up threes, if it's not part of his skill set. in
1: this, the pro- Wait a minute. Now, isn't this the problem? You got something over there, on Well, I know that you don't agree with Jason Lloyd, but does Evan
3: Mobley agree with Jason Lloyd? Definitely been thinking about that. Um, definitely been working on that as well. Going to take the opportunities and keep shooting them and um, just keep getting better with that.
1: Well, this is the problem that you're in.
2: And by the way, he didn't. Last night he had a couple times where he could have flashed out to the yeah. three point line. He's not comfortable. Well,
1: this is the He's pro- nowhere near comfortable enough to do this. This is the problem that you have is that this year were they not supposed and you just brought up, were they not supposed to try to develop him a yes. three point line? And it didn't happen. And it didn't happen and then he got hurt. And so and then honestly, when he got hurt and then Darius Garland got hurt basically at the same time, a lot of people were kind of on the season. And then they went on this run. And so now you're in a spot where you're the fifth seed, you're trying to get the fourth seed, because even though I don't know how much it matters, if you guys aren't going to show up and play tough and you're just going to get embarrassed physically by another team, then I I don't think it's going to matter at all. Whether or not you got home court advantage, whether you're playing in each other's living rooms, I don't think it's going to matter. So that's on them. But that's an emotional statement. I don't know if that's the truth, and we'll find out, and hopefully they're going to be much tougher coming up there in, in the postseason. But going back to it, this was supposed to be a time where we develop. Evan Mobley from three. And so now you're stuck in this spot if you're J.B. Bickerstaff and Kobe Altman in the Cavs and Mike Gansey is that you got to try to develop him long-term to be a three-point threat. Do you I, not? I agree. Is this still not the I point? I agree. Or are you just and saying I was, he's not going to
2: develop that? I'm we saying, need to stop talking I'm about I'm saying, it. well, it it's not going to happen this year. And that's what we're focused on. I don't need Evan Mobley coming back off this injury and and being something or someone that he is not at this stage of his career. And I I already got a tweet earlier today. You just said it's okay for a number three overall pick. This is from Chief A7. To be mediocre, the unicorn. Y'all said that was the only way for the Cavs to win a ring was to have him be the number one option. Is he even a third? I might have said that at some point. Okay, but I also think that while I'm disappointed in his offensive game and his evolution, has not been what I thought it would be. He kind of looks like the same player for the last two years. And I don't want to be fair to him. He's been injured. Yeah. You know, when he's had a knee issue, let's let's see what happens. Let's see what, what he looks like, you know, two months from now when he ramps back up. But I, I can also say the reality is on this team right now, he's more of a role player. He is a defensive stud, and you saw that last night, contesting everything. There was one play in particular, Kawhi Leonard did his patented pump fake, got Allen up in his feet, and then who was there? To contest Evan immediately, Mobley. Evan Mobley, guys, Evan Mobley right now at this stage is a is a pretty dominant defensive player, and he can on certain nights clean up the glass. Uh, you know he's not going to be the most physical player in the world. You could see last night when he starts his drives to the basket, if somebody puts an elbow into him, it kind of stops him in his tracks. Yeah, there are other times where he steps around. He did it to Tice last night and just had an easy dunk because of his size, his length, and his reach. I think it's okay that in year three we've got to accept some certain, certain things. He is what he is in year 3. He's not taken that big step. It's just not happening this year. That doesn't mean his his career is going to look like this 5 years from now. He's incredibly young. He's remarkably you think,
1: talented. With that with Darius Garland coming back, how far do you think that they can go right now? How far is this
2: team going? I think it depends on the matchups. I think okay, right now honestly. I'd, I'd probably say it's tough to put a ceiling on this team because I haven't seen what it looks like with Darius Garland. I probably expectation is that they can get out. Of, they get out of the first round, and then they go to the second round. Yes. So that was the expectation where, where last if year. If you run into the Celtics, you're, you're probably going to lose. So then,
1: isn't it more? Is it? Can't you make the argument that it's more? I want to win, but can you make the argument that it's more important to develop Evan Mobley for the long term? Because then, when we get to this summer, well, then we have a whole host of other questions. I don't
2: long-term. want it to come at a you know to if he starts. Shooting shots, he's still not comfortable taking. I mean, what is he this year for three-point? He's 20%, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Chet Holmgren. I have no Chet, argument for him to shoot for Holm, Chet, Chet Holmgren, <laughs> 47 games, has 73 three-point makes. Okay. Evan Mobley has 47 in three years and 170 games. I mean, the unicorn is, is Chet Holmgren. That's the unicorn. I mean, Evan's really good on defense. The offense is just. there I don't there want right to now. put him in a position. I mean, if he
1: can't do it, he can't do it. And at some point, we're, ha- we're going to have to understand that. Right like, I can't make him can't try to do, do things. Okay, but I can't make him... Like, I need to make a couple of decisions here for the long term. Now, I don't want the injury to dictate that because he, he missed six weeks. But I, they're going to have to make a decision here, Anthony, because if you're only telling me they're going to go to the second round, and I'm respecting your opinion. I'm not ripping you for it, even though everybody wants me to flip the switch. Flipping the switch means that you can get to the Eastern Conference Finals for crying out loud. But either way... If you're saying that they can well, get to the hell, second round. I mean, if,
2: if they got matched up with Milwaukee in the second round, maybe, maybe we'd be talking if about
1: If they that. get to the second round and they just get boat raced in the second round, all right? Like, say it goes 4-1. Yeah,
2: say they play Boston. all right.
1: And I think most people would expect you to get boat raced. So, say they go 4-1. I can't go back on this and say, well, then the, the season was a quote-unquote disaster because then we also didn't develop Evan Mobley. Like, I got I to gotta pick a way and go. So I'm either developing this guy and seeing if he has the three or there's no development there and I got to wait until the summertime, get him back in the gym, have him hoisting up all these shots and then try it all again next year. Like now I'm. it feels like I'm, I keep kicking the same can down the road and I don't want to go to a point where it's like, hey man, the guy just can't hit.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it.
2: So I know he's
1: I don't, 22, I don't but he's get, three
2: years into his league, his career and we're trying is. to be a competitive basketball team and here, I mean, Anthony y- you've seen like Scotty Barnes who was taken in the same draft one spot below him uh he has taken the step forward from three point range yes he, he 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 also you know he's 6-7 so he was supposed to come into the league doing that he was terrible shooting the three early on and this year i mean he's almost doubled his his three pointers per game attempted and he has doubled his makes some guys just, they, 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 they advance at different rates. I think it's not some huge organizational or individual failure that Mobley's not there yet. I'm a little disappointed. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I, I thought. But part of that disappointment is rooted in how good he was right away. He set the standard, and he just hasn't necessarily lived up to that standard that he set. All right, reach out to
1: Jason for later this week. I want to bring this back at 8.30 because we got to talk about switches and all the other stuff. John Greco going to join us at 8. Peter King in Football Morning in America yesterday, we had a lot of stuff going on with everything in the NFC and AFC Championship games, me defending Dan Campbell, the whole thing. Yesterday, this came out in Football Morning in America. He has his mailbag and people going after him or complimenting him on all the other things. Peter King wrote, on my choice of Miles Garrett for DPOY. He picked Miles Garrett to be DPOY. From Dennis Black, Miles Garrett was completely invisible in both games against Pittsburgh this year. T.J. Watt for D.P.O.Y. And then he goes in, Peter King goes into his reasoning, he says completely invisible. If you're going to make an argument for your guy, please make it make sense. Garrett Watt in those two games, Garrett slash Watt in those two games, per next-gen stats, Garrett, two sacks, one tackle for loss, six pressures on 48 pass rushes. Watt, two sacks, four tackles for loss, five pressures On 80 pass rushes. Seems comparable. Takes a swing at him there. Tom DeLeo going after him again between Miles Garrett and TJ Watt. I'm not seeing, and we are right here, but this is a guy who does all 32 teams. He is going two pieces here of talking about comparing Miles Garrett directly to TJ Watt. I just got to flat out ask you. You as a Browns fan, and I'm talking to anybody out there, not just Tone, not just anybody in this room. If Miles Garrett wins DPOY, is that going to be a win over the Steelers for you? A win over the Steelers, a win over TJ Watt and the Steelers, because it's it's. You hear about Micah Parsons. I think at some point you will hear about Will Anderson, but he's a he'll be Rookie of the Year on defense more than likely. It seems. It seems that this is a, this is a rivalry based thing now, where neither team's going to the Super Bowl. They both went to the playoffs. I would say the Browns had a better season, but, you know, we can make the argument because they went to the same place. Does this feel like a win over the Steelers? Does this feel very personal to a Browns fan? Because here's Peter King, covers all 32. He is highlighting two letters to him, two responses to him directly in comparison between T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett. The people in Pittsburgh, they have Miles Garrett in their sights every single day. They are obsessed with him.
2: You know, it's it's so funny that I, I asked some Browns fans right after the loss to Houston, maybe a day after loss to Houston. Like, what do you think that's going to look like from a national perspective? If you care about those things and people say they don't, but they do, they always care because they shove it right in our faces with the national media saying about all their teams. And I said, you realize if we sweep the awards, like if Kevin Stefanski wins coach of the year, if miles Garrett wins defensive player of the year and Let's say comeback player of the year goes to Joe Flacco, and defensive coordinator or assistant of the year That'd goes to goes to Jim Schwartz. You sweep the awards. What do you think is going to be said? They're going to say, "Ah, oh, what happened in the playoffs?" Like it's just normal that that happens in the NBA mm-hmm. when a guy wins MVP, Joel Embiid. What do we do afterwards? What do we do afterwards in the postseason when that doesn't happen? When when that guy doesn't win the championship, it they almost become a laughing stock, which is crazy. It's a regular season award. Like, these are separate seasons. We,
1: we are all in the same place. You, I mean, the whole division's in the same place. Cincinnati didn't get to go, and they have a valid excuse. Baltimore didn't get to go. If their guy wins MVP, I mean, it seems like they're disappointed. All right? Here's you and me. We're in Cleveland. I got to tell you, if if Miles Garrett wins that thing, coming up in a couple of weekends here, I'm going to be pretty excited for the bronze and pretty excited that we got to win over the Steelers. Like, I take that almost as we got to win over the Steelers and Steelers fans. It has become a nonstop. That's, well, isn't it the only Garrett, thing left to debate between Watt, the two teams? Yes. It's we, a, both, he,
2: we both kind of got embarrassed in our playoff it game. It is a
1: nonstop Watt, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt comparison. And if they win that, th- if he wins that, it it almost feels like a Browns win. It's not a Browns win. I got to keep proper perspective in some way. Because I'll tell you, if it's on the other foot and TJ Watt wins it, I and I've talked myself into thinking TJ Watt's going to win. I think they're going to make our lives a living hell. I think Pony's going to call it. I think they're going to try then, to. I, I think they're going to try tried. to say we went to the same I mean, place all year long. and then our think, guy won it again.
2: Obviously, we think that our guy is better. They think their guy is better. It's now just. It's almost a political thing. It's a tribal thing. Hundred percent. I mean, so it wouldn't even matter. Hundred percent. It wouldn't even matter what the stats. Actually, bared out. You would just pick Miles Garrett. So no matter you don't what. think it would matter that much to you? I think you would be very annoyed I if TJ Im- Watt won it. I think it's important for Miles Garrett's legacy to have a defensive player of the year. I think he's going to get one. I uh, I do think. I think like, it's important for our sanity. I I do. I, yeah, it's not going to no, make me feel no. It's not going to make me better. feel that much better about this season because Miles didn't play well in the in the postseason game. I don't know how much of a shot he had to it's, play well. They got rid of the ball so fast, and obviously that was a big target of the game plan. But it's. I think it's fair to say Miles did not make a bunch of impactful plays in the playoffs. It's game. gonna make
1: me feel better because I still I haven't forgotten last year where people were saying he didn't like football anymore or questioned his love for it. That's weird. Uh, when we have the question, we had to call people in, in media outside of Cleveland, cold calling these people. Bringing them on the air, asking them whether or not they thought Miles Garrett was elite. I mean, you think about what we've kind of been through the ringer here with Miles Garrett, and you and I have been pro Miles Garrett this entire time, with the exception of the Dolphins game. All right, I I'm not gonna lie. He walked around during the Dolphins game. He was pouting during the Dolphins game. He'd made he maybe would even admit that to you, but other than that, we have come to a vigorous defense of Miles Garrett, and I'm telling you, I think they're a boisterous group over there. And if TJ Watt wins it, they're never gonna let us hear the end of it. I think it's very personal coming up in a couple of weekends at the NFL honors. Like it feels like a Browns in so many ways. Not a true Bronze Steelers game, but it kind of feels like a Bronze Steelers game.
2: Like our guy's got to get the job done. 216 474 0092. Vegas had him favored to win. He only did it, the case against him is easy. He only had one sack in 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 the Browns' last two months of the season, including the playoff game. Like, and I know the playoff game's not supposed to matter. But you know how fans are. Like They saw what the Steelers' defense looked without T.J. Watt. They got down three touchdowns immediately to the Buffalo Bills in their playoff game. And with Miles on the field, they didn't look good. They did not look good in that playoff game. And so fans are going to say, well, that that alone should mean T.J. Watt's the defensive player of the year. John Grokko
1: at eight. I want to ask him this question of whether or not it really truly does matter between these two guys and these two fan bases. Coming up next, if you see something, say something when you see Coyotes.